our buyer conversion is pretty terrible. The only marketing that we do, I kind of call it spray and pray. The first thing is the more you humanly connect, the more richness you have. We want to be the one company that gives back because we realize that if we can help you increase your business double, we're going to increase ours double. And that's good for both of us. It's a great idea. So if you could just give us like a two minute overview of what your business is, how you make money, how you get clients, and what are the things you think that are holding you back that you want to kind of talk through that that'll be a good just baseline launching point and then we'll interrupt you probably a few hundred times in between that and also tell us what you think have been your advantage because if you're uh, one of or the top producer in compass obviously there's a reason for it there's something you do a way you do it a culture you created a marketing positioning you know attitudinal strategic event that you have followed, I'd like to know what that is too. Well, I started real estate in 2006. Uh, I was an agent. And then in 2009, I just realized that my business was picking up a bit. So I started a team. So that's the, that's the age established 2009. Our slogan, if you will, is all of your needs under one roof. We handle all aspects of, of real estate. So rentals, sales, investment, development. We do have commercial partners. So if we need to sell a building or do a retail lease or you know, we can manage that need as well. Uh, we operate in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens. Our average price points for rent is about five grand. For sale is about 1.3. Uh, transactionally, we do about five to 800 transactions per year, depending obviously on the year, the inventory, interest rates, um, et cetera. One of the unique things about us is that typically when real estate agents start to get good and they evolve, they want to drop the rentals and just start doing all sales. Well, our business is pretty weatherproof because we, I saw it as an opportunity to have a rental department and a sales department. And so there are times in history where sales tend to slow down, but we're okay because of the rentals and vice versa. There are times where inventory for the rentals, it could be at record lows, but people are buying. So we're, we're pretty, um, you know, in, in that sense, we've got some asset allocation. And people renting today might be buying in five years from now, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Two of my kids, one lives in Brooklyn, one lives in Midtown. But oh, nice. Do you normally get what? Do you normally get one month on the rental? Yeah. What's the standard? Come? Yeah, it depends on the depends on the building. The bigger buildings, it's typically we collect from the landlord. They pay and it's one month. Anytime the landlord is not paying and we're collecting from the incoming tenant, the standard fee is fifteen percent of the annual lease or one point eight months. But we'll never let a commission get in the way of the deal. So if we have to negotiate a bit, we will. So it just depends where the fee's coming from. Okay, very good. Please continue. So yeah, where we're very strong, staying out of the weeds at a high level, and though this might be cliche, lots of people might say this, you know, uh, is though we're very relationship-based. We really deliver at a high level. So typically speaking, once a consumer enters our ecosystem, they stick with us for a while. Um, I just hope somebody rent an apartment and the first transaction I did with them was in 2009. So when someone enters our ecosystem, and it's a close relationship, not like a one-off where we're on a listing and they just rent the apartment, we're pretty, we're pretty strong on that. We have, a, we have a client care plan where we stay in touch with our clients. Our marketing is pretty strong and consistent. Our branding, our, I should say our branding marketing is pretty strong and consistent. We put out 
uh, something like 90 deliverables per month, a post, a story, an email, a mailer, you know, so there's, uh, there's, I think if I remember correctly, Michael actually handles the marketing. I think if I remember correctly, we do somewhere between seven to 10 posts a week, between 10 to 14 stories per week, one email a week and one mailer per month on average. And how big would your databases be? About 70,000 people, uh, just me. I'd say the whole team, about 100,000 people. So when this email goes out, it reaches about 100,000 people. To also just mention, like, you look at his shirt. It's, it's called the LitVac team. Like, they have an internal brand. Like, his, his group is kind of its own brand within Compass. Like, how big is your team? Yeah, we're, we, we, we are usually around 20 people. So he has an internal team, his own of 20 people that's like a sub-company within Compass. We, we, we really treat it like a business. We have an org chart with KPIs and responsibilities. We have, we don't hire unless there's a talent map. Everything's structured. Everything's a process. You know, it's, if I'm asked what we do different, that probably too. Most teams that I run into don't have the level of structure. I wouldn't say we're corporate because I try not to be super corporate. But in the way of the structure of a corporation, we really, we really honor and respect that component. We built our own, uh, Compass has a CRM, but even before Compass built theirs, we built our own CRM. So everything is very systematized. Whatever the pipeline of businesses, a sale listing, a rental listing, a renter, a buyer in development, there's a systematized approach with tasks assigned at different stages. Uh, we, we really have a playbook. So whatever, whatever the piece of business is, we have a playbook for everything. It's embedded in the CRM. We have a big educational component to our team. So we do, uh, from Tony's uh, seven steps, it turned, it's, I started that as a seven steps of mastery. Can I process from business mastery? Then it just evolved to a can I meeting of whatever we need to focus on at the time. At the moment, I didn't put it as one of uh, the things on our list. Our buyer conversion is pretty terrible. What I mean by that is, leads that come into our world that are a referral. So for example, if we have a listing and we have a direct buyer that's reached out to us about our listing, the, we call it a cross-sell. So how to take that buyer and if they're not interested in our property to sell them something else, that's just a different mindset for agents that you got to be a hunter, you got to be able to overcome objections. There's, it's like prospecting, if you will. So we here to date, we have 157 direct buyers and one contract. So that muscle of ours, that's a whole new business to add to the business. But that muscle of ours is pretty weak. That's where my focus is now with our Kanai meetings is designing process, scripts, embedding confidence. So essentially, we have, we, there's a big education part of our business. Once someone first starts with our team, you know, we use Asana as our project manager. So someone will get a, a proper on-ramp. They will learn Asana, Slack, HubSpot. We'll give them the tools for about two months 30 to 60 days, depending on the person, of the foundation work. And then they go through a training program. Here's how we do rentals. Here's how we do sales. So it's pretty, look, I'm not going to uh, lie and say perfection, no businesses. But in, the, in, in a world that's filled with chaos and lack of structure, we're pretty bummed up. So you have a huge referral business, right? And you have a huge, let's call it a repeat business. Yeah. And you have a very, let's say, an inadequate externally generated prospect conversion business, just for a simple term. Yeah. The only marketing that we do, I kind of call it spray and pray. We do our emails, we do our social media, we do mailers to one building, and 98% of all of our business comes from return or referral. We don't have any systems in place 
that are your traditional prospecting. I mean, I grew up in the real estate game saying, I don't want to be the cold caller. It's not how I want to build my business. But, you know, some sort of intentional approach. Here's a data set. The KPI is to do X. Here's a funnel. We're going to reverse engineer it. We're going to take the, we're going to act on these critical drivers. We're going to measure them and we're going to go after this data set of the market and we're going to achieve X percentage of conversion. All of that stuff, we just don't have anything in place like that. Everything is, you know, we do these critical drivers of what I call spray and pray, these 90 or 100 things. Business comes back. We tend to be pretty busy. That's kind of the two points, the 10 buildings and the 20 sales. How many referral generating systems or strategies or mechanisms, if any or many, do you have in place? And if it's not numerically extraordinarily large number, what are they? And then secondly, but you can answer this first, in all these communications you are sending out, are the majority or is it, is the, the, uh, is it uh, almost totally real estate? based and it has no other humanistic side or is it a lot of different topics? So I'm asking two different seeming questions, but Eugene, they do intersect. I'll show you depending on the two answers you give me. Yeah, they're great questions. And the first question, I'd probably say two. Uh, I, we have a just a plan that I built. When you add, like, uh, think of it like, like gold, silver, platinum membership. And depending on what kind of membership you have, you have different perks. So we have a client care plan that looks like that. If you're a plat, you know, we reach out to you once a quarter. If you're a gold, once every six months. So there's a plan with deliverable. But but is that like um, people aren't paying for that, right? That's like internally you've labeled people gold. Yeah, it's, it's a distinction of their relative value to you. That's right. Like A, B, or C clients, if you will. Is probably yeah, yeah, you it. It. So that's our, that's our big one. That's our big one. Reaching out is... Is it just dialoguing and saying, you know, like checking up, saying what's going on? I mean, what are you doing to actually tastefully, tactfully, but strategically and, and meaningfully stimulate people who have within their realm at any given time, 20, 30, 100 people in the dynamism of life is such that there's lots going on. Are you really working systematically in many fronts to try to get those people to constantly be, you know, radaring to figure out who they who they know that need to be introduced to you guys? I would say we do it for the in, for industry standard. I would say we do it at a high level, but I would certainly say there's always room for improvement. So we do we do send out gifts twice a year. It'll be you know a gift with a with a hit rent card, like gloves. We have your back, something something cute. We are talking to clients in in our industry called a Ford Cold, a family occupation. It's supposed to be recreation dream. We changed it to real estate dream. So it's a conversation where we're checking in these things. And part of that conversation is to say, where are you at in life? Who are you talking to, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, uh, and then there's, there's other parts of that plan, but I'm certainly open to any ideas or past plans that, that you think could work well. Certainly not saying we got it. We, we, I think we do an okay job, but there's room for improvement. The gifting is one. And this plan of systematic outreach is the other. The marketing kind of overlaps with that. So we, we do do all this marketing. And the answer to your question of is it just real estate is no. The social media, I'd probably say 25% real estate. The rest is other things. Get to know our agents, letting them into our personal lives, my personal social media. You know, I do a lot of sports, so we let people into that. I, I do a lot around family, I let people into that. My whole Tony and personal development journey, people let into that. 
So I'd say like 25% real estate. The rest is other themes. And they do overlap uh, because oftentimes, example, I got, an e- I got an email from someone about a year ago. They were a developer that I had worked with five or six years prior. I actually did a bad job of staying in touch, but they've been getting our newsletter for five or six years. They launched three projects, two condo, one rental, 30 units each. And they basically, they stalled because they didn't really know exactly what to do. They called me and said, Eugene, we've been getting all your stuff all these years. We're stuck. Can you help? And we got all three buildings and sold them all out or leased them up or whatever, whatever. So there's some overlap between the marketing and the client care stuff. But I definitely think there's room for improvement to be more pointed, more strategic. I think there's room for improvement for all that. So uh, just to, to play havoc with your reality and, and to provoke you a little bit, most people don't understand this. I've done about a thousand industries over my very long career, Eugene. And I've always tried to isolate and understand what distinctions were unique to those unique industries that could be adapted, adopted, uh, more universally, adapt, you know, applied to every other industry. And over the course of all I've done, I was very fascinated with referral generating systems, strategies, mechanisms, because uh, number one, Done right, they cost almost nothing. They're the highest yielding or referral generated buyer. Negotiates less, buys quicker, is uh, more enjoyable. You know, it's more enjoyable to talk to or deal with. Is, you know, usually more profitable, refers more people and costs you fundamentally nothing. But we found a hundred, excuse me, a hundred and a quarter, 125 referral generating system strategies or techniques. Most people couldn't do even half of it, but most people don't even do one or two. I always ask uh, if anybody spends a lot of money on marketing or social media or anything, and they'll always say, yeah. And I'll say, well, you know, that's the outer periphery. you got your database, you know, but it's the outer periphery of trust, whereas a referral generated buyer obviously is uh, so close to absolute trust. So uh, I want to let intervene, but I'll throw off some ideas. But one of the things that I have found is if you're going to give gifts just through semantics and a little bit of contextualizing, if you give gifts people for, you know, for all the loyalty they've given you for the referrals that they have given you in the past, currently, and that you know they will give you in the future, you have pre-programmed in a scenario. The next thing is when you're sending everything to them, you can share case studies that are unique uh, chronologies of different scenarios that came to you so that they can see, you know, uh, that, that, well, let me give, let me give you a difference. Uh, this is one of my favorite true stories, but it analogizes how to get more referrals. And that is help your, your referral network know who they're looking for and why and how and where and when. So many, many years ago, Eugene, I used to have a big publishing business. When we had it, we were the largest credit card uh, processor. Well, we, we, we processed millions and millions of dollars for our local bank. Every week, our local banker would take me out for lunch. She was hot, divorced, and I enjoyed looking at her and talking to her. And it was <laughs> fascinating to me because she was hot and attractive, but she couldn't get dates. And she would always lament she couldn't get dates. And I would go, I understand this. She'd go, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not rigid like 
you know, I got, I got a big window on life. They don't have to be wealthy, professional. I don't like smokers. I don't like heavy drinkers, but I like dancing. I like the movies. I like sports. I like, you know, I'm not approved. And I'd say, well, what's the deal? She goes, I don't know. I tell everybody I want them to help me find a, a good date and they don't. And after about three months of this, I got tired and I said, okay, let's, let's analyze why an attractive, interesting, appealing, dimensional woman can't get a date when she has all these, this network of people. And I said, I bet anything it's because they don't have the ability to see who they are. So I said, why don't you try this? Go back and for the next week, tell everybody you just had lunch with a client and he made a very profound point. He said, what would happen if you, the banker, helped your, your network understand who you were looking for, where they might be and why and see what happens and start explaining who you're looking for. First of all, a man, I don't care, 40 to 55. You want him to have been divorced before? It doesn't matter. You want him to be like Adonis Hanson or okay. You want him to be a professional or just somebody with a good job. I mean, all the things. Why would they be single? Well, there's there's scenarios. You know, they haven't been married. They were divorced. If they were divorced, they were divorced for a, a credible reason. And now, fifty percent of all marriages get divorced. I'm on my third marriage, so it doesn't mean you're 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 a bad person. It just it's if they knew. Okay. Where might this person be? Well, they might be a relative. They might be somebody that lives in their, in their neighborhood apartment. They might be somebody that used to live in their apartment. They might be somebody in the health club. Might be somebody in an, you know, association or professional group. They might be somebody. And I gave them all the different slices and dices. And I said, just try and help program who they are, where they are, why they are and see what happens. And I didn't see her for a couple of weeks. And when I saw her the next time, she told me she got eight dates because we helped all our mm-hmm. network figure out who they knew, where they were, why they were. And sometimes we don't help people really help their, their people. And, and I think you might know a little bit about my strategy preeminence. If you want to be seen as the most trusted advisor for life and your job as any kind of advisor, you're, you're a real estate advisor is to make sure that anybody that is a client of yours gets the very best advice on anything, irrespective of whether they do business with you or not. Also, anyone they care deeply about is encouraged to always seek your best reason, best experience, most objective professional advice, irrespective if they choose you. And powerhouse perspective is constantly and qualitatively communicated, it sets in motion a different mindset. So that's, I mean, I can give you 125 ways to do this, but another thing that's really interesting, most people, when they communicate frequently with their audience, they do it mostly in terms of their product service industry, that the application that is most relevant to the relationship they have had or they want to have it. I'm very pleased you're talking about your Tony stuff. But if you think about the fact that everybody on your list is either a man or a woman, a husband, wife, father, mother, significant other, son, daughter, parent, they have hopes, they have dreams, they have aspirations, they have stress, they have financial, they have health, all these things, 
that gives you latitude to deal with the uh, more holistic side of the human condition in a different way. And I'll give you a good example. And Nick, I think you would relate to this because you, you were there. Many years ago, Joe Polish did a session with Tony and Peter Diamandis, and he was in the middle. Were you there when he did that? Yeah, I actually, I Leverage launched the day after I did, a ha- I, I did the half day uh, after that interview. Two years after that, just coincidental, or a year and a half, Joe was telling me about it, and he said, it was great. And he said, I'm going to send you the video. You got to see it. And I watched it, and it was incredible. And very frankly, Tony was far more powerful and compelling than Peter, although Peter was 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 good. And I said, this is so cool. What are you doing with it? And he said, well, nothing. Tony won't let me do anything with it other than you know the people that were there live in the home study. And I said, that makes no sense. Tony came off masterfully. He demonstrates his acuity to business people, to to the human beings, he should want that distributed everywhere. And I called Tony and I said, Tony, it makes no sense. You, the best thing you can do is have everybody see this. You blow Peter away, you're showing your acuity. He gave me permission. So I said to, to Joe, now wait, all your members, tell them that if you share this with everybody, it's going to be the greatest value added. And it's very much more, it's more a more elevated transcendence to that, you know, the normality of their own stuff that they're sending all the time. And he did that. And of course, nobody did it. I got one of my clients to do it reluctantly. And it was the second most popular communication they've ever done. What I used to, I, I have a database and, and I'm flagrantly uh, unremiss, I mean, remiss uh, in that I don't communicate with it anymore. It's not the audience that I'm dealing with. But we used to send my worldview, we used to send comments on health, we used to send, you know, light issues, all kinds of things that were far beyond just me talking marketing, 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 or business growth, business growth, business growth. Then not in lieu of, but the first thing is the more you humanly connect, the more richness you have. And if communication said, I don't know about like, I don't know if you're like me, but I have stress. You know, I mean, our industry is tight. We can't get inventory. Prices are rising. We have great empathy for all the, the deserving people that want houses that are having struggling, uh, you know, uh, you know, with the, you know, the high interest mortgage. And we have great. And, and I found a way to manage my stress, and it's given me a lot more uh, grounding and solace. I thought maybe I'd share with you things like every just ongoing on any kind of topic. It's very powerful, Eugene. It connects your humanness even more, whoever or whomever the. The source of it is I can data dump on you about right up the mat, bap, 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 a bunch of ways to do uh, do this. But let me throw two real simple ones and then I'll stop for a minute and let go on. If you want to do something really cool, have you ever been part of a leads or referral uh, group? Sure. And they cost, I don't know, 3000 5000 2000 whatever, and they meet once a month and there's 20 or 30 of them and they you know, you constantly tell each other about each other and people get to know you and they theoretically, when they know you, they try to refer people to you. And the people that I've known in those groups have uh, successfully gotten a decent number of referrals that made the investment outsized in, tar- in terms of, of the yield. Did it work for you? Uh, this was me and I didn't cost anything. It was just um, a myriad of different, so it'd be a lawyer or a doctor. But did, did, okay, did, did, it, did it produce results? No worthy of the time commitment. But to be fair, at the time, 
I don't have the marketing machine I have today. So we didn't bring them into our world and market, you know, so. Okay, so I'm going to give you a point that's going to build it. So most of the people I've ever talked to that are in them, they get business from them above me on the, the, the opportunity cost investment. But I always say, well, if you get business from a group of 20, why would you not create your own group? And then why wouldn't you have groups? Why don't you have 100 groups you run where you're the center of it and you're not charging anybody? And now you've got, in that hypothetical, you got 100 or 200 companies that have access to hundreds of clientele and employees and distributors and vendors and you're adding value. And there's just lots of ways to take your thinking way beyond beyond linear. And I'll stop for a minute because I can uh, take over. Nick, you go ahead. All right. I wrote down seven ideas that I got that I'll just rapid fire and curious your thoughts on it. But the first is, you know, I, I know Mike and I've talked to him about your systems. And for sure, you guys are leaps and bounds above, you know, the average kind of team at any at any brokerage. Have you gone the route of either licensing or probably more so acquiring smaller teams, single person teams, three person teams? If you've got proprietary processes, you're using Asana and HubSpot well and all that, it seems like a next step would be either trying to license that to other teams or more so how do you acquire small teams and doing like a bit of M&A internally at Compass? Yeah, that's a great question. Licensing, no. Uh, I've thought about it. We're just not there yet. And the, the resources to go into that are just not, not an interest at this point. The acquiring is more straightforward. That's right. That's right. So but, as you know, earlier this year, we had a person resign. And so it's been a bit of a chasing our tail earlier, but we're finally back sort of on the horse. And the idea of acquiring a small team is right on. I'm actually talking to two different team leaders, two scenarios. So yes, in short, yes, acquiring smaller teams, uh, I think could make sense. The one challenge would be it's got to make sense. So in New York, the max split that Compass offers is at 70%. The smaller teams we go after are probably at 70% as well. So if we're going to acquire them, we got to strike the deal in such a way where what they're willing to give up is worth for us to manage them. And that, that part we've got to get sorted out. But it's, it's, it's what I'm exploring now. And you have a model that will, will address that? Not yet, but it's, it's, it's something I'm going to work on in the fourth quarter. Okay. No, no problem. All right. The, 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 the next idea, most of my ideas are more so um, crossing a bit more into Jay's territory, less so on, on operations. But have you thought about kind of going more thought leadership and having a, more of like a mastermind and basically anyone that does a deal with you, rental or purchase that unlocks access to this private mastermind group where now you're giving them some insider scoop on what's going on in the real estate market. They can ask you whatever question, you know, you could figure out what that offering is, but I'm just trying to figure out what's the difference between doing business with the LitVac team, you know, back to what Jay was saying about referability. I have a friend, uh, Michael Roderick, he talks about referable brand. You know, what needs to happen for someone to say, oh, that's the exact thing that you should go to the LitVac group because they're the best in the world at XYZ, right? Like what's like the true differentiator other than people knowing, liking and trusting you? Like what are you, what's like a, a unique offering or something unique that you're doing or a niche that you're an expert at that could be a, a really big mental trigger for someone or a big incentive for someone to say, hey, you know, it could be Eugene or it could be Joe Schmo. And 
you know, we, we know, like, and trust both. But with Eugene, I get access to this platinum, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, you can't put a number on it. That's really valuable. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that's correct. All right. Um, every lead that you're acquiring, have you guys set up automation inside of uh, HubSpot so that um, you follow them back? What do you mean by follow them back? Like you follow them. Like, let's say I inquire. I don't know what your process is, but I come to your website or I ping you in whatever way you want to be pinged. Are, is, someone, is there an automated system so that now you're LinkedIn friend requesting them, Instagram requesting them, that every person that touches you in any way, shape, or form, you're adding them on social media? No, it's great. All right. They get out of our database, but not, uh, but not LinkedIn or social or any of that stuff. So when you say database, you're talking HubSpot, right? That's right. So easy enough, just set up. Are you, what version of HubSpot are you on? Are you on like professional or enterprise sales, marketing, or any of that? All right, let's, we can That's talk Mike. with Mike. We'll, we'll, we'll sort this out. I'll be back, coming back from London tomorrow. You can set up an automated workflow. Every new client, every new contact that comes in, create a task, get a virtual assistant overseas at 10 bucks an hour. And that person has a task to go and follow them. I've grown my LinkedIn automatically. Every single email that we capture on any site, my virtual assistant gets a task to go and look them up on all the platforms and, and do a request. It's a great idea. So the website we use, Compass hosts it. We don't have our own website. It just hasn't been any good. Yeah, but but the people that reach out to us directly yeah. between all people, it's probably around fifteen thousand a year. So we get a good amount of traffic. That all these yeah, people look, uh, you know, over a ten year period, it starts to add up. Next idea, you could do this with those people, but especially people that you actually build a relationship with, that you put in a house, right? LinkedIn Sales Navigator is the ninety dollar a month version of LinkedIn. And then what it can do is it can alert you. Wouldn't you like to know that someone three years ago that you put in a house just changed jobs and got a promotion somewhere? Wouldn't that be pretty valuable information for you? Right. If someone, if someone all of a sudden gets some massive promotion, there's probably, that's probably a leading indicator that they might be ready to go and upgrade their house. Right. So something like sales navigator and knowing the changes in their jobs is, is, is valuable. And you can integrate that with, with HubSpot. Your CRM too. All right. Next idea. Do you have partnerships with anyone like, for example, Toto Toilets or like interior design firms? I'm just trying to think, how can you embed other people's offers at no cost to you so that you could go to them and say, hey, another perk of coming with me is we get you 20% off of Toto, 30% off of this, so on and so forth. And it's just a pass through. You don't make money off of it, but it's just I'm trying to figure out how do you differentiate yourself, why someone should go to you over any other broker. Yeah, that's good. We have a few of those, but certainly we can increase that. All right. All right. Last idea, which might be a little cuckoo, but I don't know if it's cuckoo. I'm curious what you guys think of this one. All right. What if you created a paid membership at whatever price you want to set a year? Yeah. And it's a, again, it's more this thought leadership. How do we differentiate you as a thought leader in the space? Jay, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Say it's even, I don't know, $500 a year, whatever it is, right? And for that, you have to figure out what they get. You're, you know, we, you, 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 Michael organized a really fun trivia night that you guys did, right? And at that trivia night, you gave kind of a 10-minute speech on the state of the economy and the real estate market and what you're saying. Imagine like you extend that into the form of a membership where they, 
they get that. They can ask you questions. They could say, like, I'm thinking about doing this. And all of the money that they ever pay can be applied towards whatever commissions you would collect on a deal that you uh, on a on a sale of a house. Right. So say it's 500 bucks a year after 10 years, they've given you five grand. That's a credit towards any commissions they would pay you towards a house. But you don't have to close them today on a house. You establish a relationship and they're a client tomorrow. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. That's all I got. That's all. I'm out of here. What kind of activities that bring people physically together do you guys do for your current past? We have three events per year. One mega event, which Nick attended. Two smaller events. No, that's really it. We do three events per year where we invite and what are What are they specifically? Uh, once a year, we do a trivia night. Really fun, by the way. Really fun. The, my, M- Michael right. Rima, who I'm friends with, that um, they're partners with, threw a fantastic event. It was really well done. Uh, so we, we did, we, uh, we rented an entire brewery. And uh, it was, that's exactly what it was. It was a trivia night with some state of the market stuff. What's awesome is, Nick, this is confidential information. That night cost me under two grand. Because we have strategic partnerships. The vision is to get to a place where it costs nothing. What are the smaller ones? Well, on Thanksgiving, we do a pie giveaway. So basically, we send out an invitation about 30 days in advance. You come by, it's like a party, and you pick up a pie. You get an apple, you get a pumpkin or whatever, we do a pie giveaway. And there's one other small thing that we do, kind of like the pie thing. Uh, we did, a, we did a, a trick-or-treat thing, too. Like, we set up a trick-or-treat event. Now, I'm not in that neighborhood anymore, so we don't do it as much anymore. But the, the trivia night, the pie giveaway, and there's another one that's like the pie giveaway, smaller one. Uh, those well, are kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, show up rate. Uh, for the pie, we usually get like somewhere between 50 to 100 people. For the uh, trivia night, we had 170, I think. And then other events, usually 20 to 30 smaller. It would be very interesting to see three things. One, is there any correlation between the people that show up and any Activity they did with you afterwards in what period of time? Maybe nothing, but it'd be very fascinating. Second, if you have any marketing budget, instead of running ads, reallocating it just to all kinds of eclectic things you do every month, using it and uh, just doing fun things that are so like that. But it's you know if you're getting fifty out of uh, out of a hundred thousand names, depends on if you're only inviting them to a certain number of people, but. We've done that with clients where we totally reallocated money to just wildly fun events that were always invited and said, we, we, you, we would love to have you, you know, uh, uh, your partner and any other couple you wish to invite. And just by that one more dimension, the average would bring somebody else. We've done, we've rented movie theaters, we've been had a, you know, a B movie, as a, you know, as a, as a, you know, a premiere, we've done, we've done just fun things, all kinds of fun things or interesting things or crazy things or art, I mean, everything imaginable because we wanted to constantly have people wonder what kind of eclectic thing we were doing this month. And we always said, and please feel free to bring any, uh, any other two people you want. And it was very interesting, but you might want to play around with that because if, if until you figure out how to go to the outside market, generate prospects, convert them in any kind of a meaningful percentage and consistency, you're much better off strategically to default towards figuring out how many more ways and at what higher level can you simulate uh, the stored value in here in your 
in your relationships, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I would really consider doing that. And and these are just throwaways. I mean, I can go very deep, but in terms of something that this, it's it's fascinated me. I've offered, and Nick might have heard me say this to people. I've offered what I'm going to about, what I'm about to share to Tom Ferry Grips. No one did it. No one. I've offered it to chiropractic groups. No one did it. I've offered it to two or three others. No one did it. Dennis, no one did it. I'm going to offer it to you and you probably won't too, but it's so cool. <laughs> so I'm going to take you back in time to when there was these things called books. When we had bookstores, if you'd walk into a bookstore, Eugene, there'd be maybe two parallel, very long aisles. And one side may be psychology, relationship parenting, sexuality. The other side may be skill set, hobbies, etc. Then you go to the end and there's this tiny, teeny, tiny little area, business and strategy and advertising and management. And the reason it was so small is only a finite number of the people in, and it's probably a little bit better now because of all the, you know, the free goods and everything that's out there. But the vast majority of entrepreneurial types of professionals in private practice, they didn't go into that to optimize at the level that most people do performance. They went into it because they didn't want a boss or they had a life experience. I always said, and it's probably different in your field now, but when I first got in it, I said, most people go into real estate as a reaction to a life, uh, a life crisis. You know, they, you know, they got a divorce. They had a they had a substance abuse. They, you know, they got terminated. Probably different now, and it's not a negative. But now I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about entrepreneurs in general and business owners. If you think about it, you are a very rarefied individual who understands the correlation of expertise to performance enhancement. You go to a Tony, or you go to a, but the vast majority of small medium ones don't. We have done this successfully, and it's so wonderful, and yet almost nobody does it, even when I lay it out for you. In any city you're in, New York, Brooklyn, uh, what's the other Are you in the Bronx, or where are you? Where's the other one? Queens. Most, yeah, Queens. Mm. Queens. You've got a ton of small independent business owners, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Most of them wouldn't have a clue how to be better at optimizing sales and getting higher higher units of sale, getting people coming back, selling more things, more of all the things that Tony teaches me, which he, he, he was influenced by me. If you started, the, the way to do it, here's how I have done it in the past, but get few people that ever followed my advice to go to a bunch of entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals in their, in their market. Didn't matter the size and how they were credible businesses and say, you're one of the good guys or girls. Uh, you know, the plight of the entrepreneur is, is challenging, but you are the backbone of, you know, of, uh, you know, of our free market system. We want to see you basically survive and thrive, keep your business going and growing. And we would like very much to contribute to you knowledge that will not cost you anything and will not require anything for you to apply, but can dramatically increase the performance of your business, the profitability of your business, the success of your business, the certainty of your business, the joy of your business now and for a long time to come and keep you viable, we're going to do it with your permission. We'll send you knowledge every week. And it won't be just 
just on one thing, it'll be on all kinds of things that you probably never learned about, but that can meaningfully in, uh, increase the performance and the value of people that come in, people that buy, people that don't buy, people that only buy once, people, I mean, all these things. And you're, you can show you how to get your people performing better, get more, all kinds of things. And then what you do is you source probably the basic stuff that isn't even, it's even free on certain uh, websites or YouTube where you can buy inexpensive programs and distribute it because most people have never been exposed to it. It's the adage of the, the one-eyed man in the land of the blind. And then when you do that, you basically say, look, we don't want anything for it. There's no catch, but we would hope that in the course of what we hope will be a very long and rewarding relationship between our company and yours. You'll get to know our values. You get to know what we stand for and why we're so decisively superior. And that when the time comes, which it always does with the, you know, with the, with the spectrum of people you deal with, people will tell you they're thinking of buying or selling or renting and you'll be able to sell. I know the one person or the one company who you can trust. But we aren't going to ask for that. We want to contribute to you because we think you're a great investment. If you don't have the time to do it, you hire someone to set it up. But if you do it right, you could basically get a thousand, two thousand, five thousand small, medium businesses. And it doesn't matter whether it's the nail salon, the dentist, that, you know, the, it doesn't matter as long as they have the restaurant tour doesn't matter believe it or not you could show somebody that just by changing the menu or table cart they could get more sales just by saying a certain thing by putting one thing in the check when they deliver they could get people coming back i can show you a million things to do but if you had a thousand or two thousand businesses each one of which have three four five hundred uh relationships if you do the math it is mind-bogglingly powerful network you would create doing that anyhow i got nine million things like that but there's a little throwaway and nobody ever does it i can't imagine because it works we've done it success but almost nobody does it and i can never understand why because you're a benefactor adding value oh by the way just to show you a simple validation many 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 years ago i used to do seminars in china i don't know if i think i told you this nick uh before Chinese uh, U.S. relationships became so strained and before COVID. And the first time I went there, I would go, I mean, the first year I would go like three, four times. And after, there was one guy that came about nine times to my $5,000 seminars. That's a lot of money. He ran a candy company in China. At the time, it was approximately number nine. Uh, he came originally wanting to learn how to market his company better. But he, I found out that Many companies sold uh, products to the mom and pop shop all over China. And there were some enormous, like 60, 80,000 of these. They're little mom and pop families that work their hearts out to make a living. And the guy, after about the six or so seminar, shifted his strategy. He decided he wasn't going to try to market his own company. He was instead going to try to help these shops grow their business. He started doing that. He started teaching them how to get more people to come, how to sell more things together, how to get them at the cleaning, come back, how to get them to bring other people. And in the course, and his premise was he'd go to the candy stores and say, look, we think it's wrong for us to be able to sort of siphon business out of your hard work and not give back. We want to be the one company that gives back because we realize that if we can help you increase 
your business double, even if you don't give us one iota more of your of your purchase, we're going to increase ours double. And that's good for both of us. So we're going to give you all these things. And it might be interesting to see that no one else is trying to help you grow. They just want to take from you. And over time, maybe you'll want to give us more. Make a long story short, Lord of God, in a year, they went from number nine to number one. Hershey's bought, this is like 10 years ago, bought all they could legally buy, 49% of the business for $500 million. The key was they switched totally their perspective. And their, and their approach, instead of trying to market and sell how great their candy company was, they tried to make all the mom and pop shops more successful. And nobody else was doing that. It stood out like a sore thumb, all things being equal. And all things being equal, when you are a benefactor to somebody, there is the stored reciprocal intention. So anyhow, there's a couple of ideas for you. All right. Well, we're running out of time here. but. We want to just make sure that we added value and we want to just hear from you. What are a couple of ideas that were some breakthroughs that you're going to try to implement? And then we'll do a check-in call maybe in three to six months and see where you're at. Sure. Well, I want to synthesize or process all this. There's a lot of great ideas. One that stood out that was really easy to implement that I think we'll do, not I think, we'll do right away. The sales navigator on LinkedIn, that, that's really great. And the, and the creating a workflow. We, we have a VA team as well, six books in there. So really easy to implement workflow to connect with people. So th- those are really uh, part of what I do when I hear things is like, like, for example, Jay's idea, the getting into the independent businesses is so good. But what comes up for me is the lift to get that going. And it's, it's worth it once you get it going. But the input is very, very big on that. Whereas these other things we just mentioned, uh, those are quick. You could implement that right away. You can act on it right away, easy. So those are really good. Uh, the thought leader stuff we're already doing some of. I have some ideas of how to optimize that even more. As you know, we do the TLT talks. So that's a good one. I look, um, I love the idea of the mastermind, especially because we're doing something like it already, but not to that, not to that way. The, the acquisition of small teams is something we're already looking into. So that was a good reminder. I love Jay's idea about the events. Once upon a time, I had a vision. Again, the lift here is pretty substantial too, but I think worth it. That one of the things about us is like when you do a deal with us, you get invited to our events and that we had these unbelievable events, a Gatsby party, celebrities, rappers, whatever. And you'd want to work with us just to make your way into one of these events. So the idea of like trivia night is cool. Someone's not going to do a deal with us just to make it a trivia night. But if it was, yeah, it's I don't know, 50 cents, whatever. Uh, so ramping that up or looking at that. Um, it's unfortunate we didn't get more into the building stuff, but even that was good. That one idea of highlighting the metric and showing the differential, like that one thing alone could have a lot of legs. So I think I named like four or five. The, the easy to go quick. The LinkedIn and the follow, that one's really easy. That one's really easy to crank on. And the one with the building, the identifying the metric and creating a marketing piece around that, those three, I think, are probably what what, what pops the most. Well, it was great having you. I'm looking forward to hanging out in New York and catching up in three, six months. Maybe we'll have you back on and see where your business is at. But thanks for joining us today. For sure. For sure. Thank you, guys. Really, really a pleasure. Really a pleasure. Thank you to everyone at home or on the go for listening. If you find this show helpful, 
please hit the follow or subscribe button. It does wonders for the show so more people can find the optimized podcast organically. If you'd like to be on the show, we have an open invite to anyone who wants our challenges solved. If you want to get in the hot seat, you can submit your business right now at theoptimizedpodcast.com. If we think you're a good fit, we'll get you on the show. If you have any questions or recommendation, drop us a comment right here, wherever you're listening to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you. See you on the next episode.